This is a Baby Brunch podcast. And this is actually what grows our baby. We grow this organ for a specific function while we're growing our baby. And the placenta's function is to feed the baby nutrients, um, to support the baby in this incredible growth period. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. Welcome to another Baby Brunch podcast. And to all of you who's watching on our videos, it is wonderful to know that today we're talking about placenta. Now, I must tell you, Melissa Mann, when we started thinking we're going to do a podcast on placenta, we tried to find a whole lot of people. Some chickened out, others said, no, we're too shy to talk about it. (laughs) And so when we heard that organicbirth.co.za wants to talk everything placenta, we were like, okay, we're on board. We're right here. So I almost don't want to talk about what you are busy with now, because just so you know, if you're listening to the podcast or watching to the video, Melissa Mann is probably one of the most interesting people that I have met this week. And I meet a lot of people. So before we talk about what you do currently, give people an idea of the time when you were a full-time doula and when you were delivering babies at the time, what was the most challenging thing about delivering babies? Well, I was I was an assistant to a midwife, a home birth midwife. I, so I didn't catch the babies myself. There were a few that came yes. a bit quickly yes. and I managed to catch them. Um, but uh, that uh, I, I kind of retired from in 2018 and I did that for 12 years. And I think the biggest challenge at the time was um, support, support from caregivers, support from Ghanis, you know, there's, there's a kind of a level, a system of support which makes home birth safe. And home birth is safe when we have backup hospitals and doctors. And I think at that time, and I know the challenge is still there, is that we, we battle to find that system of support. Although um, midwives always have throughout time uh, made do. And um, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> What's fascinating is is that organicbirth.co.za gives support to parents and especially to mums. We're so appreciative of your time today. And I want to get into our placenta chat. So let's talk placenta. What is the function of the placenta? Well, if you if you think about it in a in a holistic term, they they call the the placenta the baby's twin. And, and this is actually what grows our baby. We grow this organ for a specific function while we're growing our baby. And the placenta's function is to feed the baby nutrients, um, to support the baby in this incredible growth period, rapid growth period. It, um, it feeds any um, toxins away from the mother, from the baby, through the mother's lymphatic system, away from the mother and the baby. Um, an incredible organ f- created just just for this. There could be complications possibly with one's placenta. And so I think a lot of people don't want to speak around, um, let's just call them disorders around placenta. Is this something that you're comfortable with? 
Um, I'm not a doctor, so I can't give all of the, the placenta issues, but obviously these things do happen in pregnancy and um, midwives and doctors would know what comes up. Obviously, there are life-threatening ones and they're, they're ones that we keep a close eye on. Um, and But in terms of the individual names and all of that, I, I wouldn't be able to speak on those things. Are there, are there things that one can do or make from our placenta? I mean, from, from it being, uh, for lack of a better description, raw to, to being, uh, let's say, for instance, powdered? Yeah, well, there are many, many options. And I say to moms, I'll talk about those, but I say to moms, even if they don't want to consume their placenta, they should still take it home and plant it under a tree. It's an incredible organ. It's an incredible um, part of your baby's life and your life. You've made this organ. Um, so, so let it nourish you in some way, even if it's just in your home. Um, in terms of the services we offer, um, we offer raw encapsulation and traditional Chinese medicine preparation. And throughout time, people have consumed their placenta in one way or another. For example, um, in home birth, some midwives, if the mother is hemorrhaging after the birth, they'll cut off a tiny little piece of the placenta and they'll put it just inside the mother's mouth. And that generally stops a hemorrhage, you know, instead. Wow. And, before we had medicines, these these things were used and they're available to mothers. Um, we just don't know about it. Then the, the knowledge is not passed on. Um, so amazing, amazing things that we can do with 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 our own body, which is its own healing vessel, really. Most of the time when, when giving birth, I mean, this is not, not an option if you uh, are taken to a, a clinic or a hospital and you've just had your Caesar and um, you get to hold the baby for a few moments and then they whisk them away and check all their toes. And I mean, so, so what, what, how do you, first of all, how do you ask for your placenta? Is it something that you need to do before? Is it is there a form process? Is there an application process? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I guess it's a lot different when you're having a home birth or when you when you have mm -hmm. access to a doula or a midwife. Mm. I think um, just just to add to that, I think you know all birth is sacred, and we we do our best in in the with the information we have, so we can always. Um, you know, if a mum has had a traumatic experience, we can always help afterwards with the bonding and that kind of thing. But in terms of um, getting your placenta, you can just let the labour ward know at your time of booking that you would like to take your placenta home. Every hospital has their own um, processes and generally they'll give you a form. Some need an affidavit, some don't need an affidavit. Birth centers are generally a little bit um, more forgiving in the admin side of things. And obviously it's not an issue in a home birth. Um, but hospitals will provide all the information you need to, to get your placenta. And like I said, you don't have to consume it, but it is your organ. So you, are, you have a right to it. So take me through the process. I have given birth. They have now given my placenta to me. Uh, how do they send it home? Does it come in a container, in a packet, in a bucket? How do I get to take it home? Mm. 
So most hospitals have a placenta bucket. Um, it's just literally a Tupperware with a little handle and they do provide, provide that to mothers and they'll generally store the placenta in the fridge or freezer. Either is fine. And the placenta, you'll let your, your placenta specialist know that you've given birth and you'll arrange a time generally with the husband or uh, your mum or an, a friend and you'll meet them downstairs in reception just so you're not interfering in the labour ward and that kind of thing. You don't really want to get involved because there's a whole process going on there. And um, we'll collect the placenta from your place of birth and then your, your remedies are generally ready to collect or courier within three to five days after the birth. Most of the time it's three days. It just depends how busy we are. Why do some uh, labor wards send the placenta away? So, I mean, what if you've requested that you want to take your placenta home or create something from your placenta, but it's been sent away? If there's a complication with the birth or the baby is born unwell, sometimes they recommend that the placenta goes to a lab to be tested. Um, it's generally a genetic testing to make sure that there won't be issues in a future pregnancy. What you can do in that situation is you can ask them to take a portion of the placenta so they can just cut a small piece of the placenta and um, you keep the rest of the placenta um, because generally they'll take the whole placenta and put it in formaldehyde to process it. So after that, it's unfortunately not consumable. So I've given birth and uh, organicbirth.co.za, they collected my placenta. Uh, what, what can we make? I mean, if we say that we are consuming our placenta, is it something that we eat mm -hmm. raw uh, or how can we consume it and what can you make? So, so a lot of uh, home birth moms, as crunchy as we sound, <laughs> a lot of us used to <laughs> um, consume our placenta in smoothies. So wow, this kind of takes the, the ick. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we're aware how weird it sounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so this basically takes the ick factor out of it and we uh, process the placenta, we dehydrate it and we put it into capsules. So it's literally like taking a supplement. Um, it's, it's really makes it a, a, an easy process. You know, if it's something that you want to do, but you can't quite get your mind around eating a raw placenta. <laughs> so what's the recipe of a placenta smoothie? I mean, what, what goes into it? Can, <laughs> can you use the raw placenta as part of the smoothie? Yes, so generally we say a lobe. So placenta, obviously it looks kind of like a liver and then it's yeah. got lobes in it. And we check right. that the lobes are all intact after the birth. So a smoothie is a lobe and then you can just put lots of fruit in it and lots of berries because it hides the flavor of the placenta. <laughs> and sure, feeling hungry now. What... <laughs> uh, <but, laughs> What kind of nutrients does it give you? I mean, um, respectfully, when when one consumes your placenta, you know, I mean, we live in a world where uh, even though we don't want processed cheese, you know, you kind of buy it over the counter in a different format. And even though you don't <laughs> want a particular type of oats, you know, you kind of have it in your chocolate late at night. But um, what what kind of nutrients does the placenta give you in, for instance, a smoothie? Mm. 
So if it, what's quite special, I mean, you can revitalize yourself with any number of supplements after birth. But if you think about it, these are hormones and enzymes that your own body has made. So they're perfectly made for you and they're perfectly made for your baby. And so when you're consuming it again, your body can assimilate it in an easier way instead of going through um, something that's lab made. Um, so lots of hormones, lots of enzymes. Um, I mean, meat in itself is nourishing and it literally is a hunk of meat that you've made in your body. And when it comes to preparation of the placenta and other forms, I mean, you're talking about capsules. When your placenta is being sent away to someone like your your organization, mm. you know, to to organic birth, um, what can one make? I mean, do you do you make capsules and powder? Um, just give me the different forms. I'm so curious, and it sounds it sounds wonderful, actually. <laughs> well, there's there's different package options, obviously depending on how much one people want to spend. Um, we can just do a powder in itself, which is a dehydrated powder. Um, then we can put it into capsules. Then there, there are other extras that we can add, like a placenta salve. A salve you can use on a C-section scar after a couple of weeks. You can use it on your baby if they have eczemas and that kind of thing. Um, and then we also provide a tincture. Tincture is not to be taken ongoingly. It can be used in times of stress, like when you perhaps stopping breastfeeding or even when your baby's going, not baby, maybe toddler or is going to their first day of school, it can be used for the, the child as well, which is quite nice. So that's their own nourishing placenta. I, can't, I feel special to me. It does feel special, right? Because it's something that your mommy made like as, as toddler or baby. Mm. I mean, my kids are grown up and I still call them babies, all four of them. I've got teenagers and babies and <laughs> Six-year-old, and you know, yeah. and there's there's a lot of them. Yeah. And can one use your placenta on someone else? I mean, can you can you use someone else's placenta product? You know, it, we don't recommend it, um, but in traditional societies, oftentimes the husband would consume the wife's placenta, um, and so it's it's really as with anything in the medical world, the birth world. Anything is informed choice. So inform yourself on the pros and cons, and then you make your choice. Obviously, we can't go out and say this is what you should be doing, um, but but really people must make their own choices. And and can newborn take part in this um, placenta process or when they start eating solids? I mean, do you, do you freeze your placenta and then enjoy the smoothie with your – solid <laughs> baby i mean can can baby consume it um i only thing a baby should be getting is breast milk or formula so i really don't um encourage it from that perspective and then the tincture at a later stage um mm -hmm. but in terms of the placenta itself i actually haven't even had a mum tell me about their baby consuming their own placenta to be honest yeah if you've had a, and I love that you've just acknowledged all the moms with the birthing process by saying that any birth is sacred. It's just, it's reassuring to hear because you know what, eight years and six years ago when I had my last cesarean, uh, it was still a time that it was frowned upon, you know, like you had a season, mm -hmm. you know, couldn't you push, you know, it was a time where, so it's, first of all, I just want to say thank you for that. 
But if you've had a, a, a medicated cesarean or you've, you've been given medicine in order to, to have baby, I mean, can, can you still be taking part in um, placenta encapsulation and, and part of this placenta therapies? Or is it, is it ruined? I say mm. that in inverted commas. Mm, mm. Well, um, in terms of in the pregnancy and how the placenta works is some people think it acts like a filter. So it kind of catches the medicine and it stores it. How it actually works is it acts as a, a, a not as a filter, but it, but it stops, generally stops most medications from getting through to baby and then it directs it back into the mother's lymphatic system for her to get rid of naturally. Um, so it doesn't store um, bad things in it, should I say. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes in a medicated birth, I had two cesareans myself, um, in a medicated birth situation, they do try to use a minimal amount of anesthetic in that situation, unless it's a dire emergency and the mum has to go under general anesthetic, then it's a different situation. But the, the, the anesthetic is generally not stored in the placenta and the half-life of it is, is it's going to disappear at some point anyway. We do heat the placenta to a low heat for the raw encapsulation and to a high heat for the TCM. So the mums can possibly say, you know, I mean, most of our mums are cesarean mums nowadays anyway, um, and, and they're happy and well. The, but mums can decide maybe they want to do a TCM placenta where it's steamed at a higher heat. It's, it's their choice. Mm. And we, we are available to answer questions. What if you've had antibiotics? I mean, I remember I was traveling with my, with my last baby and um, I, I got really ill. You know, I was really, really sick at the time mm. and I was performing and I had to go on to medication. And I remember thinking an antibiotic and I'm pregnant, you know, this to me, it was unheard <laughs> of. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I freaked out. I was very nervous about it. Mm. So, so when you have antibiotics, I mean, can you still have, have your placenta afterwards? Can you still um, take part in encapsulation? Mm. Yeah, I mean, these medications are so necessary in some situations. So thank goodness we have them. And and just like I, I mentioned before, it's not going to store the medication um, unless the mother's specifically has drug addict issues and then it goes through to the baby. It's it's not that kind of thing. Antibiotics have their place and they're not going to be stored in the placenta. It is filtered out by the mother's lymphatic system. You know, um, having my my kids curious now, um, Esther's eight and Annabelle six, and now they want to know the umbilical cord. Where is it? You know, they they want to see it, and <laughs> I, I I still do have the the you know the little the the little button that fell off. So I mean, I've kept that. I've kept their first hair. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the umbilical cord, is this the same process? Do you ask for the umbilical cord as well as the placenta? You know, do you take that combo home and have? have both turned into capsules? Uh, we don't generally include the umbilical cord because it's quite gristly, so it's hard to um, grind up and put into the capsules. But what we do do, um, and each placenta specialist has their own process, but I know most of us do a little heart shape with the umbilical cord so the mum has a keepsake to keep with her. <laughs> I need my umbilical cord back. If my doctor's listening yeah. to this. 
I want yeah. it back. Oh, wow. Times have moved on so fast. <laughs> I know. There's so many lovely things nowadays. I know. I would have I loved that. all the that. baby carriers. Yeah. Oh, so I keep nice everything. Things. I still have my baby's first tooth. I have I have everything, you know. I mean, they're still losing them. So um, between the tooth fairy <laughs> and I, we've, we've, we've gone on to a very beautiful agreement that I get to get them back and then I keep them in a, in a lovely wooden box. Uh, that one of my friends actually made. She's a, an oral hygienist, and she she made these lovely boxes for us to keep keep all the little teeth. So a big thanks to the Tooth Fairy at this stage while we are chatting, and also to Natasha <laughs> from Floss. Hey, Natasha, uh, we we gossiping about you. If they if they do give your placenta home <laughs> at at birth, how do you store it? Do you freeze it? Do you keep it in the in the fridge? And what's the expiration date of a placenta i mean how how long can you keep it <laughs> when you guys didn't fetch it from the from the hospital mm. so generally we'll we'll collect the placenta within a day or two of birth if the if the hospitals put it in the fridge that's totally fine and then it must be processed within five days of it being in the fridge if it's been put in the freezer you can process your placenta up to a year later so um, it really just depends when you're going to be processing your placenta. If you've booked in your pregnancy, then the, the fridge is totally fine. And it, we would have started the process anyway within those five days. Is it, is it true that the, and I, I, I mean, I know the answer to this, but I'm saying it for the sake of repetition because, you know, we've, we've got access to you. Do, the placenta does not have waste. It doesn't carry toxins. No, it doesn't carry toxins. If 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 the pregnancy is healthy, if the baby is healthy, um, the the placenta wouldn't have held toxins. Um, the mum's lymphatic system would have done the job of getting rid of any of those toxins. Mm -hmm. If the mum has been unwell, if the baby is born unwell, then that's a situation by situation, um, thing that we can discuss and talk about. Um, sometimes a mum has had GBV that's been diagnosed in the pregnancy. If they've been able to go on antibiotics soon enough and the baby is born healthy and well, then we will continue with the encapsulation. Sometimes they diagnose it late and the baby can be born unwell. And then sometimes we won't recommend encapsulation. So it really is situational in, in those circumstances. It's never just a blanket, yes, you should do it. Um, but most of the time you can do it. At the time when inquiring, um, I was told that straight after birth, you should consume the placenta, you know, in the process of it. Do, do we still do that? I mean, what is your opinion? Do, do moms have to consume their placenta straight away, you know, other than take it home and smoothie mm. or, or wait a bit for capsules and, and beautiful powders and all these kinds of things? So, mm. I mean, I, I even think there's a term for it, you know, where you consume it straight after birth. Um, you know, we <laughs> going back to the uh, midwife home birth, generally in the old days before even leaving, the, the, the mum like snuggled up in bed with her with her husband and baby, you, she would get a placenta, a placenta smoothie before the midwife would leave. Or in the situation like I described earlier, if the mum was having bleeding issues, nowadays we'd obviously transfer to hospital and, and have medications and that kind of thing. We, midwives practice very safely. They have an incredible um, scope of safety. I'm talking about in the old days, you know, and what was available to us then. Um, uh, but what we do recommend is that you start as soon as possible. So, so we will collect within a day or two 
and then you'll have your capsules back within three days. You know, three, four days um, is enough time for you to kind of start getting breastfeeding established. You're not even thinking about supplements by then. You're just thinking about, oh, my gosh, the next feed. Um, so it's actually the timing works well. Then you're starting to think about nourishing yourself a little bit more. You actually realize that you're thirsty and you need to be <laughs> drinking. Um, so it works It works out well, the timing. Uh, lastly, I mean, uh, this conversation, I have been so curious and I'm so glad that our team has found the right person to to answer this for us. Could, could uh, consuming oh, your placenta you. help you with boosting milk production um, to maybe keeping baby blues at bay? Um, what do you think? You know, we've been doing this since 2012, and I would say 50% of our clients are repeat clients. So they've they've experienced that this was um, amazing for their second, third, first pregnancies, and they definitely want to do this again. I did it for my second pregnancy. I wish I'd done it for my first. I didn't know about it back mm -hmm. then. And um, I could tell the difference dramatically. But often our second pregnancy and birth and breastfeeding is a little bit easier anyway. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely say it could, obviously, because it's our business. Uh, we provide a service to mums that they could do for themselves. You know, you could dehydrate your placenta and put it into capsules. We're making um, something that you could do yourself easier. We're providing the service. So, again, it's researching, um, talking to people who've done it, um, researching online, and there's good and bad stories, and people must do what they feel is right for them. Well, if you're watching this video and even listen to this podcast all about placenta, we're speaking to an extraordinary woman. In fact, uh, I think she's officially <laughs> our women crush and we want to know more about her. So in our podcast, we got to talk about placenta. But today I want to also ask Melissa Mann what she is up to. So, Melissa, you went from doula and assistant birther to um to something else. <laughs> so 2018, you stopped catching those babies. Tell me what you do at the moment. Yeah, so the midwife I worked with immigrated. Uh, I was very, very sad at the time. And then I realized that I was had been on call for 12 years and I was exhausted. <laughs> um, but during that time, I had my sister passed away in 2014 and I had started making jewelry, memorial jewelry and I had people ask me if I'd make breast milk jewelry for them. So since then, and during the doulering time, um, I've been making a keepsake and memorial jewelry. Yeah. What does a breast milk <laughs> jewelry piece look like? I mean, how fascinating. <laughs> Um, anything you want it to look like. And we, we have a catalog online, the website spiraltree.co.za. Um, so yeah, thank you for allowing me to talk about it. So spiraltree.co.za has got a, uh, a selection of, uh, breast milk jewelry that you can have you and your team create from your own breast milk as a keepsake. I wish, I mean, some of us wish we had enough breast milk for baby, okay? Like, never mind making jewelry. <laughs> but how amazing, right? 
What's the what's yeah, the most fascinating special. part about about what you do? Because it it feels really really special. You get to work with with moms mm-hmm. centered to help mom and baby. You get to make beautiful keepsakes and I guess memorial jewelry that can help us with a lot of processes. You know what what are you enjoying mm-hmm. most about what you do? I think, you know, I, I was I had been working with families for 12 years. I was in these people's personal lives and in their homes and part of their stories. And I, I really, really missed that um, when, when I, I wasn't a doula anymore. And I think the most special thing is that this has continued in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I get letters um, from clients telling me about their mum who – who had died and looked after them in a special, unique way or um, about um, mum's breastfeeding journeys. And um, we also can put the placenta into jewellery and and about their birth experiences. So it's it's kind of a continuation for me um, that I get to be involved in people's stories. And I'm, I'm really, really blessed and grateful. I'll find out more about Melissa Mann on this website. It's organicbirth.co.za. Also find out more about some of our other stories on babybrunch.co.za. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved, free of artificial colorants and fragrances, and is safe to use from birth. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.